Hi, Star Wars fans. I'm Ryan Walker, and this is Jump to Lightspeed. Welcome back, Star Wars friends. Well, that didn't last long. After staying on 30 episodes in 30 days pace for the first week of Napod Bomo, uh, this weekend I fell terribly behind. Two of my three Padawans had birthdays this weekend, which obviously kept our household very busy. And then two of our three Padawans got sick, which also kept me very busy. And if that wasn't enough, sick kids plus the launch of Disney Plus meant nothing got done yesterday as we just dove headfirst into the menus and explored all the content we're going to be watching and re-watching for the months to come. And of course, as a Star Wars fan, one of the first things that I did was watch episode one of The Mandalorian. Now, within hours of launch, there were literally dozens of podcast episodes and hundreds of YouTube videos produced breaking down the episode and analyzing every minute detail. And I mean, to me, that's exhausting. I, I have no desire to, to do something like that. I can definitely appreciate the effort and the passion that go into projects like that. But I'm not a person who has any desire to do something like that with a TV series where a, a new episode is going to come out every week or every couple of days. It, it's more like a job than a hobby at that point. I'd much rather wait for the season to run its course and then look back on everything that happened to tease out the important details. While the season's ongoing, I just want to enjoy it. So that being said, I will, at this time, not be doing a deep analysis of every episode of The Mandalorian. I can also appreciate that not everybody has had a chance to watch The Mandalorian just yet, between not having the time to do so, and the expected day one launch issues, and our friends in Western Europe just not having access to the app yet. So today, I'm not going to talk about any specific plot points. Instead, I just want to share a few general reactions concerning what I experienced while watching Chapter 1 yesterday. On tomorrow's episode, however, I will be talking about one specific point from Chapter 1. So just a little heads up on that to avoid that episode if you have not seen it yet. So the first thing that really struck me about The Mandalorian was the music. Now, the episode was scored by Ludwig Göransson, whose name I just totally pronounced wrong. He's an award-winning composer whose biggest claim to fame thus far is probably composing the soundtrack to Black Panther. Now, I'm not a music scholar at all, so this is going to be the worst explanation and breakdown of a musical piece ever recorded. The music was definitely unlike anything we've heard in Star Wars before. For the Skywalker saga, there's obviously some unifying themes that carry through all the movies, and those themes are played upon in Rogue One and Solo to varying degrees to connect those movies to the, to the larger saga. Even the animated series draw some inspiration from those main themes. Nothing big, nothing in your face, but there's slight hints and notes and callbacks to the, to the main themes. Now, the, the soundtrack to The Mandalorian feels like it belongs in Star Wars, but I couldn't think of anything that was obviously referencing a musical piece that we've heard before. I absolutely love 
what I'm assuming is the main character's theme song, that do-do-do-do, do-do-do-do, you know, when, when he opens up the door and everybody stops and, and looks and that song plays, it, it feels like a, a riff you would hear just before a, a shootout in an old Western movie, or maybe as two karate masters are squaring off before the final fight scene of a Kung Fu movie. It commands your attention, and I think that's definitely what they're going for with this character, so mission accomplished. Uh, speaking of this character, it has to be tough to play a character and to convey emotion with no face. But that's exactly what Pedro Pascal manages to do. Here's a character whose face we will probably not see for quite a while. And you can tell from his body language, from, from a tilt of his head, for example, exactly what he's thinking or how he's feeling. Now, a lot of the credit for that has to go to the director, obviously. And for this episode, that'd be Dave Filoni, the mastermind behind the Star Wars animation offerings. You need to be able to catch those slight movements from just the right angles to really emphasize that attended emotion. And he manages to pull it off. And it's absolutely remarkable to see in action. Re really, all of the acting and all of the directing in, in this episode is top-notch. I'm almost tempted to say that the acting is above and beyond any acting we've seen in any of the Star Wars movies to date. That's how good it was. These are serious actors telling a serious story. I, I mean, Warner Herzog, OMG, Warner Herzog stole this episode and absolutely belongs in this universe. And if somebody had told that to me a year ago, I would think that they had a little too much to drink. I don't know what's going on with this character. I don't know what's going on in that room that he's hanging out with, with all the, with all the messed up stormtroopers. But I need to know. I mean, Nick Nolte as an Ugnaught was a blast as well. An Ugnaught. One of those little creatures from Empire Strikes Back that work on the Carbonite Chamber. He plays an Ugnaught rancher, and it's absolutely delightful. Finally, the callbacks. Every Star Wars movie and program has to have some callback to what came before. You know, a, a little bit of that fan service. And there was some here, but they weren't the obvious ones you'd expect. You, you would think there would be a May the Force Be With You, or a I've Got a Bad Feeling About This, or something like that, but there wasn't. Now, it is Star Wars, so I'm sure at some point they will happen. But the callbacks that we got were mostly callbacks to, of all things, the Star Wars Holiday Special. That amazingly horrendous cash grab from the early 80s that aired once and never again, and George Lucas wishes never happened at all. Well, there were a couple of very clear references to that, and, and not just to the Boba Fett cartoon that was part of it, that we already knew Favreau was drawing some inspiration from. There were references to other things that happened in, from that program. There's also a really funny, until you really think about it moment, with a species that we saw in Return of the Jedi um, while the Mandalorian is walking through a marketplace about halfway through the episode, that I, I laughed and then I felt bad about laughing at it. And you probably know what I mean if you've watched it. And, I mean, it's I'm finding it really tough to talk about the show without getting into any details. And I really hope that none of the words I have spoken so far have ruined anything for you if you haven't watched it yet. So I think I'm just going to stop here before I say something that I probably shouldn't, that crosses the line into spoiler territory. Though I probably already did anyways. Did you watch The Mandalorian? 
If so, let me know your favorite moment of the episode. You can send it to my email at jumptolightspeedpod at gmail.com, or you can send it to me on Twitter at jump, the number two, lightspeed. As always, please hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever podcatcher you use, and share our posts on social media, especially on Twitter. Thanks for listening, and may the Force be with you.